0: Uh, bismillah was salatu was salamu ala rasulilah wa ala alihi wa sahihi wa manwala kala rati shahli sodari wa yasirli amri wahlul uktata milisani of kawakoli ala masidina imma. Oh, praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Peace and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his family, his friends, and upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of time. Ahlan was salam marhaman bikku. Welcome to the third listed. So, inshallah, we're going to be continuing. We still, one, two things about um, the regions in Makkah that we need to look at. <laughs> hey? Uh, it's okay, yeah. What? It's the same as last week. So, and there was, there was no mic. Lock. Oh, you can put that off here. Right. So, inshallah, we're going to be looking at the Multazam. Right. This is the place of clinging. And if you look at the notes there, you'll see there's a picture and an arrow to it. Right? So, the first point is there's is no specific dua that the Muslim should say in that place. Meaning, there's nothing in the ahadith of the Prophet ﷺ that mentions a specific dua saying at the multazam. A person can cling to the multazam when he enters the Kaaba If it is easy for him to enter Or he may do that before performing the farewell Tawafal Wada Or he may do it at any time At he or she once He should not cause any difficulty For other people by offering a lengthy Dua Similarly it is not permissible to crowd other people or annoy them, in order to cling there. If he sees a space, then he should say his dua or a dua, otherwise it is sufficient for him to say dua whilst making tawaf and when prostrating, in prayer. The point here is, That if you're touching the multazam or you're clinging onto it, it's going to cause harm to other people. Or in order for you to get there, it's going to cause harm, then it's best for you not to go there. Because again, this is something that is not compulsory on you. But the sanctity of a fellow Muslim, this is wajib. Right? Protecting another Muslim not causing harm to another Muslim, this is wajib, this is far. So, a Sunnah is never going to overpower, or something that's not compulsory for you, how can you expect to do something like this, but by harming someone else? So, if there's a gap, take the gap. If there's no gap and there's pushing and this then stay away. What was narrated from the Sahaba, from the companions of the Allah concerning the Multazam is sounder than that which has been narrated from the Prophet sallallahu wasallam. Now here you need to understand this carefully, Munir. Uh, can you close the door, please? Right, you need to understand this carefully. I'm going to read it again. What was narrated from the Sahaba, from the Companions, concerning the Multazam, is sounder than that, which has been narrated, from the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. What does this phrase mean? What does it mean? I'll read it again. What was narrated from the Sahaba, concerning the Multazam, is sounder, than that which was narrated from Rasulullah sallallahu
1: alaihi wa sallam
0: no no nothing about the crowd yes Yes, that's exactly what it is So the narrations about the Multazam With that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi said Those chains Are weaker than the chains That when the Sahaba When they said Certain things about the Multazam right? That's what it's saying It was narrated That Abdul Rahman Ibn Safwan Said that when The Messenger of Allah conquered Makkah, I said, I will put on my garments As my house was on the road and I will wait to and see what the messenger sallallahu does So I went and I saw that the prophets had come out of the Kaaba <coughs> He and his companions and they were touching the house from the door to the black stone They had placed their cheeks against the house and right. So this is the Kaaba and the Prophet ﷺ was in the midst of them. However, this hadith is weak. Amr ibn Shu'ayb said from his father that I circumambulated the Kaaba and Abdullah, and when we came to the black or to the back of the Kaaba, sorry, I said, Will you not seek refuge with Allah? He said, We seek refuge with Allah from the fire. Then he proceeded to touch the stone and he stood between the corner and the door and placed his chest, face, forearms and hands like this and spread them out. Then he said, This is what I saw the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam do. And this hadith is authentic. Shaykh ibn Uthaymin mentions that this is a matter concerning which scholars differed. Although it was not narrated from the Prophet ﷺ, <coughs> that was not narrated in Sahih hadith. Right? So, whatever was narrated, these hadith regarding the multazam of the Prophet ﷺ was not Sahih. As the hadith that were narrated concerning this were deemed to be weak. Rather, it was narrated from the Companions Right? That It is Authentic So, it is Is the Iltizam Is the clinging Right? Holding on to the Multazam Is it Sunnah? When should it be done upon arrival or when to leave or at any time? The reason for this difference of opinion amongst the ulama Is that it is not narrated in the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu Rather it is narrated or practiced by the companions And they used to do that when they arrived in Makkah So the Fuqaha have said That the pilgrim should do that when about to leave And should cling to the Multazam Which is the area between the corner Where the black stone is located and the door based on this There's nothing wrong With clinging onto This To the Kaaba In this area Now see what I specified Or what the Sheikh has specified In this area As for touching and clinging onto the Kaaba In other areas Then this is not Found in the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And see what Sheikh says at the end So long as That does not involve Annoying Others Right Now we move on to Safa and Marwa Right I'm not going to go into the whole Story of Safa and Marwa Alright Everyone knows what happened Everyone knows how what caused this walking of up and down seven times And water to come out, etc. Safa and Marwa associated with the search for water By Nabi Ibrahim's wife, Hajar For their son, Ismail Allah our says Our Lord, O oh, oh, our Lord I have settled some of my offspring in a barren valley. Right? In the Bayt al Muharram, near your sacred house. So that they may establish prayer. Faja al So make their hearts, of, make the hearts of the believing people. Right? An nas is people. تَهْوِي إِلَيْهِمْ وَرُزُقَهُمْ مِّنَ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَشْكُرُونَ So make the hearts of the believing people incline towards them and provide them with fruits So that they may be thankful. So here is a proof that Nabi Ibrahim that he left them in an open valley. There was nothing and we know is walk into place between Safa and Marwa. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, Inna min that indeed yields, indeed the yields of Safa and Marwa are amongst the symbols of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. They are amongst the symbols of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rabbul izzati wal jalal. فَمَنْ الْبَيْتَ فَلَا جُنَاحَ عَلَيْهِ بِهِمَا And whosoever makes the major or minor pilgrimage, hajj or umrah, to the sacred house, let him walk between these two hills. وَمَنْ تطوع خَيْرًا فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ شَاكِرٌ علي. And, whosoever does good willingly, Allah is truly appreciative and all-knowing. How many times was you walk between Safa and Marwa Seven. Where do you start and where do you end? Right, how do you know you started Safa in the Marwa? Hmm? Who, who decided that? that you must start at Safa in that Marwa?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but how do you know she started at Safa? She could have started Marwa Right, so the Prophet says, Bada'a, begin with what Allah begins with. And what does the verse say? Inna safa wal marwa. So Allah means to safa first. That's why we start at safa. So you start at safa, Were are you going to end?
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're going to end at marwa, eh? One is, it's not a loop. It's called a. Desert.
0: Yes. So if you don't end up by Marwa, then you know you counted wrong. <laughs> right? So you know you must start at Safa and you must end that Marwa. What's important also is that people, they don't tell you this. Or I don't know why it is that it's not a big focus. I don't know if people just want to get done with it. So when you start at Safa, right, the Sunnah of the Prophet is to make to Adi. So you stand one side and you make dua. Did so you do this with Sheikh Rida already. Safa and Marwa. Right? So the dua will come This the Sheikh will explain. And then you do this by Marwa as well. Safa again. Marwah. When you go with these groups they just rush you. Right? But the Sunnah the Prophet one of the places to make dua is at every time you reach Safa or you reach Marwa. Okay? Now we're moving out of the Kaaba area, right. we finish Safa Marwa, now we're going to Mount Hira. This is Mount Hira, also known as Jabal. Jabal is the Arabic of Mount or Mountain, right? Which lies about two miles from the Kaaba, near the top is a cave, a little less than four meters in length, and a little more than one and a half meters wide. How wide is one and a half meters? How wide?
1: That's
0: <coughs> the board behind me, basically. Right? It's not bigger. Right? So here was with the Prophet received wahi, revelation of the Qur'an during the month of Ramadan. The mountain is also known as Jabal Noor. What is nur? Light. light. So the mountain of? Light. The Prophet Sallallahu first began to have revelations in the form of good dreams which came true. The Hadith says, the dreams of the Anbiya, they are true. Right? So now someone dreamed today, then something really happened what he dreamt of, It's not a what mm-hmm. What is dreams actually? Like a lot of the times is what you're subconscious. Right? So something happened, maybe you think you know something a lot. Automatically people start to dream about that. Then some people they say, I nah, can you see I got the sign or this happened and it's because it's plain. And I always I always tell people this that Sheikh, can you explain I I want to get married, man. I say, okay. And I explained, I was I'm not gonna get a dream I said, no, dreams are not a sign of an accepted istihara. Okay, fine and I come back to you after 3-4 days You know Sheik, I dream in I dream in every day of this girl Every day Since I made istihara is a sign Then I'm like, okay But you friends with the girl, yes You speak to the girl everyday, yes So obviously If you speak in you You know you obviously it's in your mind already. You're going to sleep thinking of what you going to wake up. You're still going to think of it, or vice versa. So dreams aren't a sign for, like, for your extra to be accepted or not. So the prophet started to get dreams, but these were good dreams, and he started to enjoy being in halwa, being alone. He would often go to this cave of Hira. He would meditate. Now remember, he wasn't a Nabi yet. yet right? He wasn't a Nabi yet. So you'd go, you'd sit there, you'd ponder, you'd think about the situation of the people around him, etc. He would take provisions with him to stay for an extended period, which means he stayed longer than 24 hours. So he'd maybe stay a day, two days, three days, etc. And when he returned back to his wife Khadija, he would stock up again and go back to the cave And this was his practice until truth was revealed to him by an angel which was in the cave of Hira Who was this angel? Jibreel Right and it's amazing Right you ever think of it just like just ponder Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala reveals the Quran via the best of angels Jibril to the best of prophets Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the best of months, the month of Ramadan and Allah says the month of Ramadan which was revealed in the Quran guides people and clear signs of guidance and criterion so just think of it think of it like that Anything of the best and I mean we're approaching the month of Ramadan. So, right, reconnect with the book of Allah. And this Ramadan is supposed to be different for you. And this Ramadan is supposed to be different for you. Why? Because you preparing yourself also for Hajj as well. So and I don't mean it's just now, okay, that you're preparing this Ramadan because I think a lot of people they go greet in Ramadan Like their family and friends Because they say it goes quicker man Because now no one can offer you tea and juice and stuff like that. So it's just Right you can't sit long Mm. So what do you think about this thing? of going to greet like your family and Right?
1: What do you think? Right? I think it's got his opinion for it,
0: but I wouldn't say it's advanced no, because it's not good. Yeah, correct. Right? It's it's culture. Right? This is what you call Urf. And this culture doesn't it this practice it doesn't go against the Sharia. Right, obviously now if you're going to go and you go into, for example, people as not your mahram and now you're arguing the opposite sex and like, that's now a problem. But if you genuinely just go into your siblings, you go into your uncle you never saw in 3-4 years, right, since before COVID you never saw your family. So you go into them, you greet greeting them. You don't expect anything in return, okay, now you must come, you must come, give us or whatever. But you genuinely going to tell them that you're leaving, you're going for and that made dua for me. Right? You join in family ties, and there's nothing wrong with this. Hopefully we had a
1: problem with someone
0: you know, just right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. But also just be in mind that, like you said, it's not it's not faradma, it's not wajib, right? It's not sunnah also. But like I said, if you go with that intention of joining family ties, you never saw someone take a packet of biscuits, a small chocolate she worth, whatever. Right? It's something good.
1: Um, Yeah. You see the grand, the grand, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: you don't need to. I mean, it's obviously, you can just say, look here, we're going for Hajj.
1: Type, right? A lot
0: of people they just send WhatsApp messages now. But like I say, with your close family, I mean, go, it's good. Your parents, siblings and that you never saw for a while and that, I mean, Nothing wrong. It's good. So now the next visit. Going to visit (laughs) (laughs) where? Right? Going to visit the Karamats. What do you say about this? (laughs) Huh? (laughs) Right? There's no... This is something that... Right? There's no... Like this... Is an innovation Right This is a bid'ah Right So your groups is going to tell you No we're going on this day Amen Right There's Nothing that proves That the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Went to Baqi To go visit Sahaba That passed away Or he went to Uhud all right? Before he left for Hajj So going here for what To go greet Why There's no Significance In going to Greet them. Right? They're not going to make, give you an accepted hajj, they're not going to what? And they say, no, we go, we just take the people because for blessings. Why? This in itself is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made certain places blessed. For example, Arafah is blessed. Right? For example, the Kaaba is blessed. For example, the Rauda in Medina that we'll see later, this is blessed. But the door that opens the Masjid al Haram or Masjid al Nabawi, that's not blessed. In the sense of that, if you touch it and it, you're not going to get barakah from it, you're not going to get blessed. So, Allah has made blessed times. Certain times is blessed. Example, Ramadan is coming. Right? Blessed time to make dua when you break your fast. Blessed time to make dua the whole day. Right? There's another misconception. People have this misconception that your du'a is only accepted at the time of Maghrib. This is wrong. The hadith of the Prophet says that Allah accepts the du'a of three people the oppressed and the fasting person. The who? The fasting person. So when does he fast? Only two minutes before Maghrib. He fasts from Fajr. So all day your du'as are accepted. Right? We also grew up like this just before Maghrib you must make dua. no problem. But like, it's all day, you come to the mosque five minutes earlier, make dua. You're sitting after the Salah, make dua. You're standing in the bank, you're waiting for something, make dua. Right, you're a fasting person, your dua is accepted. And the third one is who? What did I say? I said the fasting, I said the? Oppressed. The oppressed and the third one? That's other hadith. The third one, the one that is traveling. Right? Musafir. So, the first day of Prophethood, right, this is when Jibreel comes to him. Jibreel comes to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Now, here, yeah, he doesn't come in his full form. Right? He comes in the form of a man. And... He says to the Prophet, وسلم, he says, Iqra, read in the name of your Lord. Right? And the Prophet, وسلم, we know it's a very lengthy hadith. He says to Jibreel, there's a whole conversation that I can't read, I'm not a Jibril Jibreel presses him, he says, Read, can't read. Jibreel squeezes him. And he says, Ikrabismir ladhi khalakta. the first five verses of Surah alaq. Right, read in the name of your Lord. Iqra' bismi Rabbika alladhi khalaq. Who created you. al insana min alaq. Who created man from a klat. Khala insana min alaq. Iqra' wa Rabbika akram. Read. the name of your Lord the most. Al-Akram. Right? And then Alladhi allama bil kalam. We taught you the pen. And this is something that's extremely important. You seek knowledge. Right? Seek knowledge. And I was speaking to someone They went going on Hajj as well. And like he's telling me now, you know, like, sorted out the package, sorted out the kids, this, that, that, whatever. He's like, no, you know, we've been on this whole um, every Saturday, there's some walk that takes place um, at the Rondevash Common, I think, I'm not sure. Saw, I don't know what it is actually, but they like train the people, right? It's called walk for hajj or fit for hajj. No problem, It's something good. Right? It's for people that maybe that don't walk generally and that, this will be something good for them. But I mean if you someone that run or you walk regularly, you still need to go. But so he's like, Yeah, so when's your class and this? I'm like, no, so he's like, Yeah, but you see, we still have two weeks left of the walk and you must go in it. And I just thought to myself, you're preparing everything else. Alright? But besides physically, your kids are sorted out, your package is done and this. But the main thing of your Hajj, which is your education of how to perform Hajj. Right? You have, you're not prepared for that. Right? And I'm not saying, okay, it's fun for you to come to this class. But my point is, right? Ramadan, you're not going to have time. Generally, people don't have Hajj classes in Ramadan. So, when's your time? To learn and this is the problem with many people. They go on Hajj and then they just follow the group leader. Whatever the group leader say, they go. Group leader will tell half the people to stand on your head. When you're in Arafah, they'll do it. Because they don't know any better. And this is why, what these agents or what these group leaders, the spiritual, what they thrive on. They thrive on people not knowing. Even if you go to the Hajj classes, the hajj classes is more about the imam coming in and then singing salawat for 10-15 minutes and then halfway through the class again, um singing another kasida about hajj it and then that's an hour class gone, hour and a half class gone. But if you ask the people actually what you learned, it's very limited, it's very minimal. And this shouldn't be the case. Your hajj, it's your hajj. It's not the imam's hajj. So you need to make the most out of your hajj. Right? You need to make the most. And yes, there's obviously going to be some things you're going to learn here that you can't practice. And we're going to maybe see your Sheikh Libra will do with you, the prophets not stopped here at a particular valley. You can't stop there now. Right? Because you're going with a past, you, you're not going to stop. So certain things is out of your control, but certain things you can do. For example, you might go with a group. They're going to tell you we're leaving midnight from Mustalifa. You can say no. I want to stay. Because this is what the Prophet did. So I want to do that. And then you stay. And then they, most groups will tell you. Can you see there's a South African flag? Our brothers from joburg the Hanafis. Allah play. So you can stay with him. Right? There's no problem. And basically your Hajj. Once, once Mustalifa is done, then you don't, you only. I think you only pelt. I think you must still pelt in your group, eh, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. I don't think you can go on your own, All right. I'm pretty sure they give times because I think they give you times. Yeah, I'm talking about that. So that's like basically the only time after. Right? you three days of Tashik that you You need to do things with your group. Right? As a group. And also that I don't think I think it's like a few agents together that goes. No? Yeah,
1: yeah. goes South Africa, night, Yes.
0: Night, yeah. yeah, you don't go like um, and the thing is now when we went right, they weren't so strict so you could still get away. But now I think if they catch you and you're not with your group then your agent gets fined. Eh? So don't Get your agent in trouble. Right? So, because they're very strict now. Because they spelt over the entire day, not only after Zawa. Yes, so everyone gets different times. So what they try to do, they spread it. And what they do, they'll give, like, for example, like, again, the Ahnaf, they, like, no, no, no. Right? The Sunnah is to pelt after Zawa. But sometimes they pelt before. But they very, no, no, it must be after Zawa, which is good. So... What's how they, uh, they try to get everyone to pelt off the hour, right? They, but sometimes they maybe get a slot or two before. Then what they'll do, they'll get all the agents together and they will ask them, is it fine if like the Joburg and Durban groups and those that's following the Hanafi mother, if they can go a bit later and, you know, someone else early and then they work amongst themselves. The issue there by pelting, right? I don't know why I'm going here but is that people, they get worked up. They get too emotional. And this causes sometimes thing. The only reason why they introduced this before Zawal and is because to prevent stampede. It's not to change your deen. Right? It's not to change, oh no, we want to make the hajj baatil. Your hajj is not baatil. This is something also you need to understand. These things are not the government of Saudi don't just wake up one day and say we're going to change. What will happen is they will go to the scholars. They will sit with the scholars. Then the scholars will come back with research. They will come back with papers. They will present the paper to the Hajj ministry. And then the senior scholars, which is a committee, then they will decide on a a ruling based on Quran and Sunnah, right? So you must remember after Zawal. After Zawal can be at night or so. That's also after Zawal. Right? Now some people don't understand. They think after Zawal means immediately after Zawal. But it can be five o'clock. It can be six o'clock. It can be eleven o'clock at night. That must after Zawal. I, I always make this joke, and someone tell me, yeah, "I am going to see you after Asr." But after Asr can be after Ishai or And you get that one friend, no? or that family member, now he come not door, Then he come after me, five o'clock to your house. Right? So, <laughs> I was always be specific with people. What time are you coming? Don't tell me after Salah because, it can be anything. Right? So, like I said, I'm not going to go too much into the whole story of Revelation. Right? I put the notes here, you can go through it, again, with yourself. But the Prophet He goes to Khadija radiallahu anha right? And he explains to her the story Now here's something on the side no? The Prophet Goes to his wife Right He don't go there at work To go speak to the auntie sitting next to him When he have a problem Or when she have a problem she speaks to the uncle Or whoever's working with you on that No Right He went to his spouse And he tells her Zambi loonie, Zambi cover me, cover me. And like I said, we know basically this whole story. One point there, the entire Quran was revealed over a period of approximately 22 years, 5 months and 14 days. There's something I want to look at. Some people go to the cave of Hira thinking that this is a sunnah. When it is not. The cave of Hira is a cave in which the Prophet used to worship Allah for several nights before his prophethood began, and the revelation came to him when he was in this cave. But the Prophet did not go back to it after that, and the Sahaba did not visit it. There is another cave to which some people go. Thinking that this is an act of worship And this is the cave of Thawr In which the Prophet Sallallahu hid during the Hijrah But visiting it is not Sunnah And is not an act of Ibadah If a person climbs Mount Hira Or Mount Thawr In order to take a look only Without seeking to draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then this should not be denounced. But if he's going there for an, or she's going there, thinking that you're getting a reward for going there, then this is incorrect. Right? So you understand the masala. It's quite simple. You want to go see how the mountain looks, or you went to take a hike right? you used to hiking here in Kaita. Every Sunday you go for a hike. So they Sunday, there, so you want to go take a hike up the mountain No issue with this Right? No issue But if you go into these mountain caves The cave of Hira and the cave of Thor, Thinking that you're going to get a reward for going there Go in there and go make to at Sunnah. Go in there and write in your name on the clip there that people do Right? You'll see some people so must pray spray on there Right? It's it's not nice right? It just looks untidy and that So If you go in with that intention, then know that this is an innovation. This is a bid'ah. But if you just go in merely to see, and you know that I'm not getting the reward for going, I'm just really walking up. Maybe I had too much the night before to eat, so I want to lose some weight. You want to go hike up the mountain, you want to hike down. Right? Then there's no problem in going. Understand the difference? Alhamdulillah. This brings me to the next. To Mount Saur or the Cave of Saur. Ma'al Thawr or Jabal Thawr is a mountain that contains the cave in which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and Abu Bakr radiallahu an sought refuge for three days and nights from the Quraysh as they left Mecca and made hijrah to Medina. Allah jal mentions in surah Tawbah verse number 40 إِلَّا taansuruhu فَقَدَ نَصَرَهُ اللَّهُ إِذْ أَخْرَجَوْا الَّذِينَ إذ فِي الْغَارِ إِذْ يَقُولُ لَا تَحْزَنِ إن اللَّهَ معنا. Right, so Allah says, إِلَّا فَقَدَ نَصَرَهُ اللَّهِ If Allah cannot assist you, then who is going to assist you? إِذْ أَخْرَجَوْا الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا ثَانِيَ ثْنَيْنِ إِذْ هُمَ and when the kufar drove you out, the two of you, id wuma filhar, both of you were in the cave. Who is both of you? And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Idiakunu lisa hibi la tahzan Inna Allaha laha ma'ana. The Prophet says, To Abu Bakr in the cave, right? La tahzan. Do not fear and do not be sad. Inna Allaha Indeed Allah is with us. فَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ سَكِينَتَهُ عَلَيْهِ بِجُنُودٍ لَمْ تَرَوْهَا And then Allah sent tranquility upon them and he aided them with his army. لَمْ تَرَوْهَا Or his soldiers rather. لَمْ تَرَوْهَا Which you did not see. وَجَعَلَ كَلِمَةَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُ السُّفْلَ And he made the words of the wa وَكَلِمَةُ اللَّهِ هِيَ الْعُلْيَةِ And the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is most high وَاللَّهُ عَزِيزٌ حَكِيمٌ And Allah is عَزِيزٌ حَكِيمٌ Right And this year وَجَعَلَكَلِمَةَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَكَلِمَةُ اللَّهِ هِيَ <الْعُلْيَة> This is the reason for jihad in Islam. No other reasons, right? It's not a reason to protect my state, to protect my country. The reason that people fight in the way of Allah subhanahu wa taala is الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Sufla. Right? kafaru sufla. to bring that of kufr down. Wa kalimatullahi hiya al And to raise the flag of la ilaha illallah. This is why. And I'm going to say it now. And I said it before and I'm not afraid to say it. That the Palestinian issue, right? It is an Islamic issue. The humanitarian things, whatever comes afterwards, the land thing, it's there, no one's denying it. But the Palestinian issue is an Islamic issue. And the Palestinian issue is a thing between Muslims and the Yahud. That is bottom line. You're going to have Jews, you're going to have Jews speaking and that. But my question is, and you can go check it out, what does Allah mention in the Quran? Yawood or Zionist? Yahud. Yahud. Right or wrong? And what does Allah speak about the Yawood? Most of the times in the Quran, good or bad? Bad. bad. The Prophet said there's going to come a time that the tree will speak and a rock will speak in Palestine. And he will say, Oh Muslim, there is a Jew. Doesn't say a Zionist. He says a Yawood behind me. Come and kill him. It's not my words. It's the words of Rasulullah Sallallahu <laughs> Alaihi Wasallam. Hadithi, Sahih, Bukhari and Muslim. Yahudu, Zionist. Right? Something to think about. Again, I'm not saying you can't use the help of the kuffar. Right? Do they want to give you aid, we take the aid. They want to give money, we take the money. No problem. But know that the issue is a Muslim issue. Right? And the quicker we as Muslims understand this also, then the quicker things can be resolved. But if we're going to run every time to the UN, to this one, to that one, what's going to happen? Right? So remember, this is the purpose of jihad. The purpose of jihad is either you defending your Muslim country, your land that your Amir told you to defend, or it is to raise the flag of Al Islam. This is it. Right. This is a translation in the next slide. I did the translation for you already. There's a story that speaks about the spider web and pigeons. <laughs> you heard this one? all yeah. right? Yeah. The scholars differed concerning this hadith. Its isnad was classed as Hassan by Hafiz Ibn Hajar in Fath bari and Ibn Kathir in Al Bidayah or Nihaya. However, this hadith is not authentic. So that story of the spider web is not an authentic story. So, right, it's best that one does not quote that story and Allah knows best. With regards to the story of the two doves or pigeons that is mentioned in Ibn Kathir, this also is not authentic and Allah knows best. Masjid al Masjid al is a masjid in Mina, right, it's a big masjid So Okay, right, I'm not sure is the tents basically is they now Like the locations is a movement for countries right and I'm sure it must I'm sure it does move whatever Allah knows best um, Like maybe they South Africa move from this point now to other point but I remember when we were in 2015. I think the roads are still the same. Like you walk one road up to to Pelt. And then you must walk right around. And you come down another road. Right? You also. I think it's the same. I don't think. Now the road when you come back. No? You'll see Khaif there. Okay. It was near the
1: Alpake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and bike stays there. Right? So Masjid, yeah. <laughs> so masjid al khaif is a masjid whose virtues are proven in some hadith According to a traceable hadith of Ibn Abbas The Prophet said 70,000 prophets prayed in Masjid al-Ghaif Right, many of the scholars declared this hadith to be weak Abdul Rahman Ibn Mu'adh Narrated and he said That when the Prophet Sallallahu delivered a sermon in Mina he instructed the Mu'ajirin to set up camp in front of Masjid al-Khaif and the Ansar to set up behind it The rest of the Muslims were to camp behind them Now see how amazing is this the Prophet sallallahu He also gave respect father See look at this hadith The Mu'ajirin in front The Ansar behind them and then the rest In many, in some hadith, you would also find the Prophet would give preference to the people that participated in Badr Badr and then Uhud and then the Muhajirin and then the Ansar like this So, in life, a lesson or so Can someone be given a bit of virtue? or more respect than someone else? Yes, you can But this type of respect or virtue Must not infringe on the rights of someone else You understand And this, so the Prophet let them sit, but there was no thing that They maybe now there was food, so they would get less a lesser quality of food than the other people and Allah knows best So Masjid al like we said is in Mina Right and this is Mina Mina is 7 kilometers east of Masjid Al-Haram and this is where the Hajj pilgrims sleep on the 8th, the 11th, the 12th and the 13th. Right? Now what happened to the stage Masjid there, na? The 9th. Yeah? And then were you sleeping at night? Yeah, you sleep in Mustalifa, so that's why it's not there. Right? <laughs> tenth
1: night
0: you're also in Mina. Yeah, yeah. I don't see the date. Yeah, I don't know why it's not here. The
1: eighth,
0: the so ninth, <laughs> tenth. Yeah, tenth night is right because it's a day of Eid. Yeah. No? Tenth is a day of Eid, right? Um, you can close. Moni is close. So to properly needs to be banned, Yeah. Yes. I think you're rather it possessor. Um, you don't stay in the room, Because you stay in the It's three grade so it's a ten night,
1: and you have like a twelve night.
0: Yes. But some okay. people stay. You're not sup- You don't need to stay. I don't know why they stay. All right, most people don't stay the 13th day no? yeah, it's But remember the night comes before the night comes before the yeah, day so, so But oh, the night comes matter. before the matter. day So that's why you're still there the 13th yeah, yeah. Smart, Right That's the best no? time to be there, stay all three days <laughs> right? if you don't need to go home, you're just gonna get frustrated in as So rather stay the three days of Tashi. That last day is very nice. And to pelt, that day is the best. I don't even think they have times. Think you can go anytime to pelt. No? You can go <laughs> Yeah. can go, you can go take your photos that you want to, everything. You can go fetch your stones also. so. <laughs> right? You can't go fetch your stones. No? Do you know what actually that thing, there's a quiet thing, how it they works now.
1: So do
0: do I don't them? know what they do, but you know how it works. They, that the other thing, it's like, was like, it's a circular thing, right? The, Jamarat that you throw against. Right? It's like oval, but it's, it's long.
1: Shaped,
0: yeah. Right? But there is such a thing that how uh, it falls. It falls into like something oh, and it right goes right, right down. down right. Yes. So even from the top, if you go to the other levels, it still comes right down. The sound is
1: something I just stuck in my head.
0: Like a shhh. shhh. <laughs> yes, yes. Like Almost like someone shooting. right yeah. All right. So it contains the Jamarat, the stone, the three stone. Um, Stone pillars, which are pelted by pilgrims, all right. This is all part of Mina. Where you go pelt is also part of the Mina area. Allah says, "It should be the ninth night. We
1: start with the ninth night. It's the day you go to Mina. Yeah. Eighth day, the ninth night. Okay. I think that's what's causing the confusion. Mm, okay.
0: Wa'ath kurolla fi ayyamim ma'adudat. Right. Fa'manta adjala fi yawmay. Wa'ath kurolla fi ayyamim ma'adudat. And remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the allocated days or the numbered days. Fa'manta adjala fi yawmayn fa'la isma alay. And whosoever wants to just pout for two days. فَلَا إِسْمَاعِلِيَ there's no sin upon him or oh, her. وَمَنْ تَأْخَرَ but um so everyone wants to stay for the thirteenth فَلَا Alay. there's no sin upon them as well. لِمَنِ اتَّقَى so for the one who has tawwah وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ and لَّهُمْ وَأَلْمٌ أَنَّهُ أنَّكم إليه تُحْشَرون that indeed we are going to be resurrected. Indeed we are going to stand in front of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Right, and here's the uh, translation. The word Mina means to flow. As it is here that the blood of the sacrificial animals flow during the days, right? That's supposed to be days of Eidul Adha, not day. Because Eidul Adha, you can slaughter on the day of Eid and then the three days after that. Until 13th day Asr, before us. During the farewell pilgrimage Ajatul Wada The Muslims Had brought with them A hundred camels to be sacrificed On the 10th of Dhul Hijjah That's the day of Eid The Prophet stoned the Jamarat And went back to his camp In Mina Where he sacrificed 63 of the camels Himself Ali Anhu unslorted the rest The Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wa Instructed that a part of each camel Is cooked and served to him And his companions 63 camels It's a lot
1: eh
0: Arafa we're going to do next week Right I'm going to do Arafa now Arafa needs his own Time Mustalifa Right Mustalifa Where's Mustalifa now Thanks. Yeah, no, here's the wind uh, part. Right there, you're going to be sleeping, like that now, in Mustalifa. <laughs> Mustalifa stretches from the valley of Muhassar to the mountains of Mazameen. It is 4 kilometers long and covers the area of, an area of 12.25 square kilometers. Allah Azza wa Jal says, that when you return from Arafat, praise Allah near the sacred place and praise Him for having guided you. For surely, before this guidance, you were astray. Right? And this is the reality. Before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided us, we were, Nothing. We were gone. We were lost. But what we're looking at this verse, that when you return from Arafah, meaning you coming now back from Arafah, min Arafah. And this word, affaltum, alright, in the Arabic language, is an amazing word. Because what it actually means, or the way they explain it, like in the dictionaries and the books, that the word affaltum, it was like, in English, you would say, like, to just disperse. And generally, if we look at the word disperse, how do you just see people They'll just, like, for example, take a rally, for example, or something, when they tell the crowd to disperse, what happens? They're not going to walk in a single line, or single file, right? Every direction. And this is basically what this word means. And see Allah's usage. وَإِذَا أَفَضْتُم مِّنْ عَرَفَاتٍ that then you remember Allah where? at the sacred place. And what is this? Mustalifa. Time. During the Fibra Hajj, the Prophet performed Maghrib and Isha Salah together at Mustalifa. So you will make jam and you will make qasr. Alright? You will make jam between Maghrib and Isha and you will make Qasr of Isha. Can you make kasar of Maghrib? Shorten? Can you the Maghrib? One and a half? No. Oh, okay. Alright, good. So I give you a side point here. Huh? A fake point. This is the only place that the Hanafis oh. make jamsala. Oh. No, they do make short. This is the only place where they make jamsala. They don't make jamsala. So they say yes. Yeah, so why do they make jam sala? So we asked him, so why you make jamsa alayah? So they say no, because this is a ritual of hajj that We say, yeah, life. they say it's a ritual of hajj, that's why you must do it We say no That is because the Prophet did it Because he was travelling So, all right Taib That's just something for you to know on the side He stayed at the spot where the present day Masjid Mash'ar al-Haram Is currently towards the Qibla side from there the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, although I'm staying here, you may stay anywhere throughout Mustalifa. Meaning, so long you just don't cross the border of Mustalifa, You don't go over into Mina and sleep anywhere. And believe me, you're going to sleep anywhere.
1: I the city, white. Right.
0: I remember we slept and when we woke up,
1: <laughs> <laughs> sleep
0: right through. I got there like 11 o'clock. We made salah. We had something to eat. Two minute noodles. Yeah, it was these youngsters. They were walking with hot water. Two minute noodles. Boy, I think it was like 20. That was usually 1 real in the shop. I think it was 20 reals. Bought it. We ate it. We slept. Woke up. We woke up. We were under bus. There was no bus. Eh? <laughs> under bus. How? Oh. One year in went so, landed up in a valley, like a wadi, a valley. Like there was no water in there, but I mean, we, it was just night. You don't see where you go in jail, it was a place to sleep, you sleep. Right, so that's Mustarifa. very We're
1: nice.
0: We weren't black, so. <laughs> right, wadi al-Muhassar. Wadi Muhassar, I couldn't find a picture for us. sorry. is <coughs> a place between Mina and Mustarifa? It is here that Allah destroyed Abra and his army of elephants. This incident is mentioned in Surah Fil. It is Sunnah for judge to walk briskly past this area as the Prophet did, as it was a place of punishment from Allah. Masjid Aisha.
1: Uh, as I go back, no. Oh. <laughs>
0: If you can go to masjid Khaif, go. But generally, you're going to perform in your tents. Everyone performs in their tents. But now, when you're in Azizia, Kanala, there's mosques everywhere. You don't need to make. And again, I'm going to tell you now, some of these agents, they even make Juma in the Azizia building. Right? And it's in the Masjid, just opposite. You don't need to do that. You go to the Masjid. Right? In Azizia, you're going to find some of the small masjids. They even close. And they use the bigger masjid. Right? Hajj time, they don't do that. Then all the masjids give Jumma because there's too many people. So, don't do this. Don't make Jumma Salah in the hotel thing, whatever you stay in in Azizia. Please. Masjid Aisha. Masjid Aisha, also known as Tana'im. Right? At-Tana'im. Marks the place where Ummul Al Aisha radiyallahu anha, went to enter into ihram for Umrah when the Prophet told her to do so during Fawa Hajj. Remember, she had a Haid she had a menses, so she had to go. <coughs> feewah, right? It lies 7.5 kilometers south of Makkah on the road to Medina, and is the closest of all the boundary points. Jabir radiallahu anna points radiallahu anhum, Reports that because Aisha radiyallahu anna Was experiencing a haid The Prophet peace be upon him instructed her To perform all the various rites Of hajj except the tawaf Right you're going to cover this in Fiqh She then performed the tawaf after a cycle And ended She then said "Our oh Rasulullah while you have performed hajj and umrah, I have only performed hajj. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi then instructed her brother, Abdul Rahman, to take her to Tanaim. And it was from there that she performed the umrah after hajj during the month of Al-Hijjah. Right? Masjid Nabawi. We have a two minute break. Okay, yes?
1: Umrah is Additional while
0: I'm of the opinion that only one Umrah. There are some Ulama that say more than one. But then I won't go to Tana'im. If you're going to follow that view, then you'd rather go to a Miqat. Allah alam. let just double check, but as far as I know, I won't use Tana'im. But like I said, I didn't look into the Mas'ala because I follow the view of only one Umrah on a trip. And now you must be for Hajj. Right, you take a two-minute break. Right, so now Masidu Nabawi. So you generally will go to Masidu Nabawi
1: first, right? Taigi. We also can use the celebrated market. first.
0: Okay, nice, nice, nice. That's actually nice and you
1: relax. Yeah. Because you get Maka very quiet, it's
0: like... No, makka no
1: quiet. <laughs>
0: well days are gone. Like when we studied, I mean, it's not that long ago, but I mean, after Hajj, yes, after was Hajj. like the best, because there's no visas open. Nothing. No visas
1: allowed, yes.
0: Yeah, so they only used to open Muharram time. So you have that three, four weeks. So you go for Umrah, no? you go for Umrah, it's like, empty. You tawaf so quick. You actually think to yourself, hey, did I tawaf all seven. Did I walk around seven times. Because you literally like, on the camera For the Hajar Aswad,
1: right? Can you
0: as no, you just stand in a queue. So oh, you literally would just stand, like three, four of us. Right? You just stand there. Eh? And then, tawaf. right? They used to call it, basically, <laughs> they used to call it, the, um, they used to call it a yarmul, um, a yamu sud. They used to call it the black days because gen- generally it was only people now li- with e people living in Saudi, they will come. So you just find that like now, so basically all the Saudis, everyone comes. So you just find in they call it white, because the, all the females just dressed in the black attire, and like the males are obviously wearing the white Tehran. So they called it like the days of black. So, because usually you'll see for Hajj, for those that have not been, you see different countries, they wear different colors. Clothing, like the Malaysians, they're very colorful people. And the Indonesians, even their bags, you'll see they got colors. Yeah, so, like that, man. But now, these days, when it was that time, then you just see, they see and white. Right, so, and like Madina, for example, but even till now, you obviously won't see it because you on hajj. But like the, the seventh, the seventh of Dhul Hijjah, oh, then Madina's is like dead and the eighth, like dead. Then the eighth of the right, it starts getting fuller. Then the ninth, it's like super full. Again, just black, white, blacks, like the way people are dressed, right? All the locals that those are not in Makkah, they come to Medina. So they come have every day. So then again, after that in Medina quiet. like until Hajj is done, the thirteenth or the fourteenth, then if people now that never that went to Makkah yeah, first, then they will come.
1: Will
0: then they will come the afterwards, right? So that so Masjid Nabawi. Masjid al Nabawi is the masjid established by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Someone must just tell me when it's 3
1: o'clock. Eh? Sorry? It is Rikunu.
0: And established by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam upon his migration to Medina. It is the second most revered masjid in Islam and the second largest in the world After Masjid Al Haram in Makkah When the Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam migrated to Medina That time it was called Yathrib The chiefs of the city and his immediate followers rode around his camel in their best clothing and glittering armor Everyone was hoping he would stop by their house. The Prophet would answer everyone politely and kindly. This camel is commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wherever it stops, that will be my home. The camel moved on with slackened reins reaching the site of the present masjid, and he knelt. The Prophet right and said, This is the home. And inquired as to who owned the land The land contained a few tight trees It was owned by Sahil and Suhail They were two orphan brothers The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam They purchased the land Had the trees cleared The polytheist graves dug up And leveled He then gave orders that his newly acquired courtyard should be made into a masjid And work began immediately Most of the building was done by bricks made of stones and kneaded clay, but in the middle of the northern wall which faced the original Qibla to Masjidil, Aksa site Stones were put on either side for a prayer niche The palms in the courtyard were cut down and the trunks were used as pillars to support the roof of palm branches but the greater part of the courtyard was left open Small stones were laid on the floor to prevent it from becoming too muddy At the rear of the Masjid the Prophet built a shaded area called As-Sufa In which the pro- poor companions would spend the night And right, you can still see that today Two small huts were also constructed on the eastern side of the Masjid to accommodate his two wives Aisha and Sauda The Prophet gave the Muslims of Medina the title Ansar. The word Nasara Yansuru means to help. The Ansar, they were the helpers. The Muhajirun were those that made Hijrah, which means helpers. Whereas Muslims of Quraysh and other tribes who had left Makkah, they were called the Muhajirun. All took part. In the work, including the Prophet, ﷺ, is another lesson for all of us. If we're leaders or something, you don't just expect everyone to do everything. The Prophet himself help. As they worked, they chanted two verse which one of them had made up for the occasion, Oh Allah, no good is but the good year after. So help the helpers and the immigrants. The immigrants and sometimes they chanted, chanted, no life is but the life of the year after, may Allah have mercy on the immigrants and the helpers. The masjid was built twice during the lifetime of the Prophet sallallahu the first time was shortly after he had made hijrah to Medina, with the size of the masjid being approximately 35 by 30 meters and 2.5 meters in height. It was rebuilt seven years after the Fat Opening of Khaybar. Khaybar was where the Jews stayed in Medina. There was three tribes or two tribes Banu Kainuqada, Banu Naldir and there's one more tribe eh Banu
1: Kainuqada
0: the increasing number of muslims by then necessitated an increase in the area of the mosque to accommodate more worshippers. Man paid radiallahu anhu this is Uthman ibn Yafan Paid for the land to accommodate the extension which made the masjid approximately 50 by 50 The height was also increased to 3.5 When the revelation came down to change the Qibla In 624 the whole masjid was reorientated to the south The Masjid also served as a religious school, community center, court, and as a confinement for prisoners. Where was the Qibla changed? Where? Masjid Qibla Tain. This is incorrect. Qibla was changed in Masjid and Nabu. The Prophet sallam, is Imam of Masjid and Nabu. He's making Salah where? In Masjid and Nabu So when Qibla was changed where would he make Salah?
1: I don't know But you know about it Yes, yes
0: So it's was changing I, I must find, I actually translated something a few years when I was studying there actually. There was an article written by one of the mashay. translated it and then I put it on the hard drive.
1: But must look for it. At
0: that time it wasn't still access to clouds and all those things. Like it was just new things. So, but I, I should find it inshallah.
1: Like.
0: Yes, I know. <laughs> I know that but there's no
1: and what's the official name of I don't know I never mean, actually
0: checked even I mean like even the Saudis and everyone just calls them so even if they have like classes or whatever the poster will say they don't put like Kuba and type the this hadith is one of the Mutawatir a Hadith That were narrated That were narrated via many chains of narration Such as the report by Al-Bukhari and Muslim A Mutawatir Hadith This Hadith Is narrated by so many people that it's impossible That it could be a lie Right And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said That Ma Jannah. That area between my house and my mimba is one of the gardens of Jannah. Right. There's another narration that people like to use. Ma Right, that is incorrect meaning the Hadith is weak some say it's fabricated right, this is the correct Hadith my house and my member the Mihrab right? the prayer niche. the Prophet prayed for about 16 months facing Al-Quds Mashal aqsa on his arrival in Medina if one was to walk away from the Aisha column leaving it towards your back, the 5th column will be in line with the door marked Bab Jibril The 5th column was the approximate praying spot for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam For the above period It was near to the extreme north boundary Of the original mosque After the change in Qibla The Prophet offered salah Near Aisha's column For a short period while facing towards the Kaaba Later he started leading Salah at the spot where the mihrab Nabawi is nowadays Note That there was no mihrab At the spot during the period of the Prophet and the four caliphs. In the year 91 of the Hijrah Umar Ibn Abdul Aziz was praying or made sorry a praying niche in the form of a Meharab Since then it is called Meharab and Nabawi. If you were to stand in the mihrab for offering Salah, your place of sajda will be where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's feet used to be. The Prophet's place of sajda is intentionally covered by a thick wall of the mihrab, right? And the reason for that is I don't need to explain.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. The right. mimba, the pulpit. The Prophet used to lean against a trunk of a palm tree while delivering a sermon. The Ansar humbly suggested to him, if you approve, we can make you a pulpit. The Prophet approved and the pulpit was made. The Prophet sat on this pulpit to give his khutbah. Then what happened? The Prophet would hear the old tree crying. The tree trunk would cry, like how a camel misses its calf. The Prophet hugged the trunk until it calmed down and then ordered that a ditch be dug and the trunk buried decently into it. The Prophet used to stand on the third rung while delivering his sermons. When Abu Bakr radiyallahu an Became Khalif, he stood on the second round and Umar ibn Khattab stood on the first Osman ibn Affan did as Umar had done for six years before he returned to the old position of the Prophet peace be upon him. Muawiyah radiallahu an Made a pulpit consisting of nine The leader started sitting on the seventh the pulpit has since been kept in this form and the Khatib has been sitting on the seventh since that time The pulpit has been replaced on many occasions throughout the centuries like this you can go through yourself for the different pillars Visiting the Prophet's, on, what is the time? 10 to 3, 10 to 3. how many slides do we have left? Right, okay, let's I'm not gonna finish it, but plan wasn't to finish, but let's see how far we get. Right? Oh, you will believe. Sorry, oh you come to Medina. Right? So now visiting the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's was mosque. I took his photo myself now. Those are those empty days. Sorry. No. Oh, the first. No, this one yeah. Visiting in the Prophet's Mosque. Oh, that's all the
1: other in
0: Yeah, inside. I
1: was
0: also looking at the inside. Oh, no, sorry. Oh, you will be. Oh, you will come to Medina. You are in a place after Makkah. It is the best and noblest of places. So respect it. As it should be respected, honor its sanctity and holiness, and observe the best etiquette therein. Know that Allah has warned of the severest punishments for those who commit evil in it. Abu an, he said that the Prophet said, Medina is a sanctuary, it is a harab. So whoever commits evil therein or gives protection to an evildoer, the curse of Allah, the angels and all of mankind may be upon him. Allah will not accept any obligatory or nafil deed from him on the day of resurrection. So whoever commits any evil action or offers protection to any evil doer. who seeks his help, is exposing himself to a humiliating punishment and the wrath of the Lord of the Worlds. And one of the most serious and evil deeds that violate its purity, the purity of Medina, is openly doing acts of innovation, of bid'ah, and spoiling its atmosphere with myths, and false ideas and Contaminating its pure land with the spread of articles which promote bid'ah innovations books which contain shirk and all kinds of reprehensible and haram actions which go against the Islamic Sharia The evil doer and the one who gives him protection are equally guilty of this sin Visiting the Prophet sallallahu is an act That is sunnah It is not wajib. It is not obligatory and has nothing to do with your hajj Meaning for some reason you couldn't go to Medina, Your hajj is still accepted right? Obviously It's now silly you went so far It's just that is two three hours away by car 4 hours away, by car 2 hours by train 40 odd minutes by plane 30 minutes Right? From Chitta to Medina. Now you don't want to go that have been foolish But if for some reason you just perform Hajj Something happened at home You needed to fly back to your country You couldn't make Medina. Your Hajj is still That. All the Ahadith which say that it is connected to Hajj or that, or say that visiting the grave of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is connected to Hajj are fabricated and false. Whoever travels to Medina for the purpose of visiting the mosque and praying therein, his intention is acceptable. Whoever travels there only for the purpose of visiting the graves and seeking the help from the occupants, then know that his intention is haram and his actions are repentable. Right Some of those hadith That you're going to hear Right People will call to you And they will say The Prophet said Man zara qabri Kazara fi hayati That whosoever visits my grave It is as if he visits me In my life There's another narration And that hadith fabricated There's another narration Also fabricated that basically says Man hajja. That whosoever performs hajj And does not visit me Almost like his hajj won't be accepted These ahadith are all fake The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said La Do not travel or visit to three I Do not travel or visit to th- Except to three mosques Masjid al-Haram Masjid al-Hada Which is Masjid al-Nabawi and Masjid al-Aqsa. Right? What this Hadith means is that you mustn't set out on a travel with a sole intention of going to a particular mosque, except the Israeli mosque. Right? So, like now you find these people today, they have tours to Iraq to Karbala, to this mosque, to that mosque. This is unacceptable. You can only go, if your intention is to go to a mosque, you can only go visit one of these three mosques. If you go to a country and then you want to go see a mosque, no problem. Do you understand the difference? Now you can't have the intention that I'm going to Turkey to go visit the Blue Mosque. And that is my intention. Yes, I'm going for holiday. Okay, by the way, there's a tour to the Blue Mosque. I go. See the difference. So you must understand this difference. That the only three masajid you can have in Niyah. So I can say from here, I want to go. My Niyah is to go visit Masjid al-Aqsa. There's no problem. Why? Because the Prophets are saying, La tashad rihal illa thalath al-Masajid. Do not set out on a journey except for three Masajid Masjid al-Haram, Masjid al-Nabawi and Masjid al-Aqsa Taib. And here yes, some of those hadith. Whoever visits me after I die, it is as if he has visited me when I was alive And many of the Muhaddithoon they say this Hadith is false meaning fabricated Ibn Taymiyyah said All of the ahadith about visiting his grave are daif and are not to be, daif means weak, and are not to be relied upon in matters of religion. For this reason, none of the authors of books of the sahih ahadith and sunan reported these narrations. Sheikh Albani also said in Ad daifa about this hadith, it is batil, it is false. I don't need to... Okay, actually, he also says in al daifa and this is something important, that many people think that Shaykhul Islam Ibn Taymiyyah and those who follow him amongst those people that ascribe to the madhab of the Salaf, forbid visiting the grave. Now, this is something that we need to understand. You're going to find people, they're going to tell you that the Saudis don't allow you to visit graves i going to tell you this Right They're going to tell you That you can't go to the graves This is a lie Right I've lived there for 6 years Some of you made Umrah Some of you made Hajj Could you not go to the Prophet's cover? Could you not go to Baqi Right Did you not go to Uhud You went So is it not graves eh? Right these graves So Right These are lies These are fabrications what we know and what we believe that it is Sunnah to go to visit a grave Right? It is Sunnah The Prophet Sallallahu told us Right? Na al kubur That he told his companions that we, I forbid you It is forbidden for you to go visit the graves Fazuruha. But now go visit them So at the advent of Islam when a lot of the companions embraced Islam, right, they came from what? They came from idolatry. The Prophet ﷺ didn't want them to go visit graves as why? They could do what? They could fall into shirk again. But afterwards, when he worked on the iman and the aqidah and the belief, what happened? He allowed them. So he said, I prohibited you from visiting the graves. But now go visit them. Because now they were strong. So to visit the graveyard is a sunnah. No one's denying this. But what you do there. Can prevent or can lead to things wrong. And this is why. They are the way they are. And telling people just do this. Or do that. Or just be two minutes here and that. Because of what can happen. And this is allowed in Islam. It is called Asaddu Dharai to block off the means that's going to end in something haram. I give you an example. I'm going to India. eh? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Wala taqrabu zina To not go near zina. Right? So now we know zina is haram, right? But anything that leads to that also. Haram or not haram. All of that that leads to Zina is haram as well. Right? All haram. So the same thing here. Anything that's going to lead to it. To shirk or to pida is haram. I'm going to stop over here. Right? We carry on from praying in the... If someone can maybe screenshot it. The slide and just send it in the group and just type this start here, then I know where to start next week. Inshallah. Next week I'll last week and then Ramadan and then we come back. Time. Right? Just one, two, you can bring something
1: to eat next week
0: <laughs> for yourselves. Right? <laughs> okay. SubhanAllah.